He shoots, he draws is sponsored by the Westcott Rapid Box Switch. Isn't it time you made the switch? Do it today at www.fjwestcott.com backslash switch. Hi, I'm Jesus Ramirez, and you're listening to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast. Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design, with your hosts, Glenn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Hello, we're back, and it's a new episode. It's another week gone by, and don't they go so quick? We're <laughs> fast approaching Christmas. <laughs> and number 50. We're getting there. We're nearly there. And number 50. Yeah, 50. Um, and, and, we've got this other big milestone that we've not talked about since the beginning yeah and it's coming up it's going to happen before christmas and when it does it'll be the first time we're going to announce something that is it's a personal thing for us but it's something it's a milestone we're really proud of and when it when it happens we will announce it and everyone will think so what and we will (laughs) and we will be going out for a curry mate me and you are going to go out for a proper slap up meal we're going to go for a proper eat as much as you can kind of curry yeah in fact we're due a curry with two of our guests, Dickie Pelham and Hannah Cousins. We are. We've got to get that sorted. Yeah. Yep. So that's been the one cool thing about this this podcast is we have, we've had the opportunity to talk to a lot of friends. And I know probably 80% of the guests we've had have been friends, people we've met in the industry, and the other 20% of people we've kind of got to know through doing what we do. And if you listen to the podcast last week, we had Corey Barker, um, who is, is a friend of ours. Originally, we used to learn from him. And I've, in fact, I've got a photograph from my first Photoshop world. It's you, me, Dave Cross and Corey Barker. And I remember walking into that room the first time to pick my badge up. And the way the badges <laughs> have been laid out, there was Corey Barker, Dave Cross, Matt Klaskowski, Dave Clayton. And it was just, wow, you know, yeah. there's my badge next to the guys I've been learning from. So it was great having Corey on. We've had some great feedback from it. Totally. This week, we've we've got another great guest, another person who we've met through the industry, who I think probably, of all the people who are on top of their game on YouTube at the moment, I'd say this guy has got his, I won't swear, but he, we can bleep it out, but he's got his together. Yeah. He's... He's he's in his groove at the moment with this, and we really wanted to talk to him about him, how he's got to where he is. But we wanted to ask him some stuff about YouTube. Yeah, it's obviously it's obviously Jesus Ramirez, who you would have heard at the very start of this uh, intro to the episode. Uh, Jesus, great friend of ours. We've spent time with many times with him in the US. Jesus has been over here to the UK, and we've spent time with him as well. So he's a, he is a really really good friend of ours. Uh, but like you, like you said there, Dave, he is really, really like he's really nailing the content out on YouTube. And what I love about him is, is the fact that he provides a hell of a lot of free content. But the word free can sometimes mean eh, it ends so good. Do you know what I mean? The quality is out there. Yeah. But when you look at his production value, in fact, the time we've known him, his production value in his YouTube videos has gone way up there. I'd actually say that the production value in his YouTube videos, which he posts out pretty much weekly, is of a higher standard than a lot of the stuff you can actually purchase. Yeah. Yeah, so it's an amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah, when we talk about, you know, people getting into photography and they want to do the wedding photography because it's the quick the quick earner, the quick mm. money. As he says in the interview, you're not going to get rich, unless you're Casey Neistat, you know, someone of that kind of level. Yeah. 
you're not going to get rich on YouTube. So the best thing you can do is become that voice of authority. Yeah. Build yourself a brand and a platform. And I think that's one thing that you could say for someone like Jesus is his production quality, like you say, is better than a lot of paid content you see. And that's because people rush it. They think, I've got to get it out there. I've got to earn the money really quickly. And he's one of that small bunch of people that actually makes that little extra effort and makes it worthwhile absolutely yeah and what what another thing obviously we talked about during the actual chat with him for this particular episode was yeah we talked a lot about youtube me also having you know i am someone who's got a youtube presence and i've got a good following on it not as much as what jesus is but jesus has got more focus and more direction with his youtube channel than i have because i've got my photography and other things and I've also kind of pulled away from doing the weekly videos on YouTube now. Yeah. Uh, I'm changing my direction. I'm going to do more live feeds uh, for YouTube, more behind-the-scenes stuff. And the actual tutorials, I think I've mentioned this before, I'm going to concentrate more on putting the actual tutorials that I would have done. They're going to be going to my newsletter. But I am still keeping my YouTube presence. But what I like about Jesus is the fact that I think sometimes you can look at him. If you didn't know him, you could see here's a guy who's really got it together. It's all right for him. Here he is. He's doing yeah. work for Adobe because of the, the actual reputation that he's built up and the quality of his stuff. He's doing freelance work for Microsoft. He's traveling the world. He's presenting in the US, all over the US. He's been to Australia recently. I couldn't believe that was over a year ago when we were talking. But yeah, yeah presenting in Australia with friends of ours, Mark Heaps, Teresa Jackson. Um, but you could look at him and think, well, it's all right for him. But we did our usual thing, didn't we? Where we go, look, we know you, but we don't really know you. So yeah. tell us what, what was life like prior to the where you are now? And I think it'll be a bit of an eye-opener that... You know, it's not been easy. He's had nothing, nothing handed to him. This guy, uh, this guy. No, absolutely not. He really has had to work for it, um, and thankfully, he's got that kind of competitive streak in him from his life. Really, his, his love of football or soccer, as they call it, which is kind of strange. Yeah, uh, and that's that, no, that's helped him to get where he is. He's a proper. I remember when we when we first met him, and I think I mentioned it in the intro. Is um, we were chatting to him at Photoshop World. Uh, uh, and you introduced me to him and we're chatting to him all night and it's only then I realised I was actually I'd been subscribed to the Photoshop training channel for about three years and still had all the emails he'd sent in my old Yahoo account and it was so cool to meet someone who is so down to earth and and the reason why I was endeared to him is he started talking to me about football and he said oh what team do you support and normally Americans know like Manchester United or maybe Liverpool and I said, oh, I support a little team called QPI. He goes, oh, yeah, I know Queen's Park Rangers. They're in the championship. And, no, oh, they're this great player. Just blew my mind. He's an American to know about football is, is a man worth talking to all night. But he was such <laughs> a nice guy. And he's, like say, he's, he's just become one of the brothers. Um, we love seeing him. He's just always a pleasure to be around. He's a top fella. I didn't. He reminded me of how me and him first met, which I was kind of like, "Oh my god!" I didn't even realise that. I was uh, I was presenting at Photoshop World. He was there as an attendee, uh, and then I think he said we were. I was in the the expo floor, so you know you're looking around where all the trade standards straight uh, trade stands are. And I was watching a presentation, and he was next to me. And he, he started having a conversation with me. He said, oh, yeah, I remember you because you were in the audience after you'd finished. And I, and I kind of said something to you. And uh, I said, please tell me I spoke to you. And he went, oh, no, no, you did. You, you were great. You were really, you know, really friendly. I was like, thank God for that. Because it's like one of those things sometimes when people say to you, oh, I, I, I emailed you. 
And then in your head you're thinking, yeah. please tell me I replied. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes things go awry, <laughs> don't they? Do you know what I mean? But he said, no, no, we, we were chatting. And I was like, oh, thank God for that. Do you know what I mean? Because, yeah. Yeah, so that was good. I was glad he said that. But that's how I first met him. Yeah. And then it's kind of progressed from there, hasn't it? It's just uh, grown into a really good friendship. Yeah, I mean, he never walked around with like a T-shirt with his name on. He wasn't a, the, a big I am. He was just, you know, he starts chatting. He casually throws in. He's, oh, yeah, I've got this thing called the Photoshop Training Channel. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. I've been subscribed to you for all this time. You're the guy that, oh, my God, yeah, you're the guy that does all the content. Yeah, but that's because and, he doesn't put his face on the videos. Or at least he didn't do, but he does now. Yes, and he explains yeah. that. He explains that. Yeah. No, it was a really good interview. I mean, last week's uh, was great for me because sometimes Glyn and I fly solo because of logistics. Um, and sometimes he'll do the interview, I'll do the interview. And, and then we each get the pleasure of listening to it like a, a, as you, the listener. Um, so I really enjoyed Corey's last week. It was really good finding out about our friend, and I think you're going to enjoy this week's. In fact, this week's is a little bit longer. I think it's, it goes well over the hour because we just kept chatting to him. Yeah, yeah, We yeah. were just like, at one point you were like, oh, and another thing on YouTube I want to know. So if you are a budding YouTuber or you are looking to put your content out onto that kind of platform, we really recommend you listen to this episode because Absolutely, yeah. Jesus shares some really good advice you still need to go off and do your own thing. You, you know, I know we talk about copy, but YouTube is a place where there's a lot of duplicate content. If you are going to go out there, you've got to create a brand and a personality. And I think Jesus really covers covers that side of it yeah, really well. Yeah, definitely. He, we didn't even bother doing the loves and lows with him this week, did we? Because he kind of covered it as he was talking. Uh, yeah. So what's the point in talking about it? He's, he's covered all of that. But he, yeah, he talks about everything. He talks about the value of content and the and the production value. He talks about the algorithm, the dreaded algorithm that you talk that you hear about in YouTube. Yeah. And because I wanted to kind of dig in there as somebody who does YouTube stuff to say, look, okay, without getting too too personal, mm. do you treat YouTube as a business? Financially to you, is it a business or what? And I think he really explained it really, really well. Yeah. So anyway, that's enough about Jesus. We're going to say <laughs> goodbye. No, not really. <laughs> we're going to uh, we're going to start the interview as we always do. Um, Glenn. Please do the honours, mate. Okay, so, hey Zeus, who are you? Um, I'm a genius billionaire playboy <laughs> philanthropist entrepreneur. Oh wait, no, that's Iron Man from Avengers. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, um, <laughs> who am I? I? I guess the best way of putting it is I'm a graphic artist who now mainly teaches Photoshop. Um, that's probably the easiest way of putting it without making it sound too fancy or too important. You can be fancy. We don't <laughs> mind. <laughs> you can fancy it up. So for those who, who obviously we know Jesus, for those who don't, um, Jesus runs the Photoshop training channel, which is where we first kind of met or my first experience with you because we discovered that at... Uh, at a Photoshop world where we'd been chatting all night and then I suddenly went, oh my God, I know who you are. <laughs> like you were a famous person. And and I'd actually been subscribed to to your training channel for probably like two or three years. Because I still, I think I showed you all the emails still in my old Yahoo account. Yeah. And it was, it was quite quite interesting having that, like me, you were kind of like the first educator of that kind that I'd met that I, I'd only known online like that. So... Obviously, we know Jesus Ramirez, the the, the edgy, you know, the trainer. But today, we wanted to talk a little bit more about like pre the Photoshop training channel and then working through. 
Yeah, this is one of those we know you but we don't know you things, isn't it? I don't know if I ever told you guys this, but you guys know that I have three names that people know me by, and depending on what you call me, um, that'll tell you how you know me. Didn't know that, but go on. <laughs> so obviously, um, you guys and probably people listening know me as Jesus Ramirez, which is my legal name, my professional name. But I grew up, uh, <laughs> as you know, Dave, I grew up playing soccer, football, for those of you guys across the pond. And um, so my nickname playing soccer is Chewy, which if you're uh, Mexican and your name is Jesus, then your nickname is Chewy, kind of like Bob and Robert, you know, that same thing. Mm-hmm. So my my soccer buddies call me Chewy. And then my family calls me Freddy um, because my middle name is Alfredo. So <laughs> who am I? I have, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like Eminem and some Shady. I have all these alter egos. <laughs> Blimey. <laughs> what? Okay. So we'll refer to you as we know you, Jesus. Yes. Uh, <laughs> or, we can, or we can start a whole new name for this. Like, that'll be my podcasting name. We might come up with one by the end. Depends yes. how you do. All right. Let's do we'll it. Have a yeah. At some, <laughs> point, <laughs> some point, we might switch to Chewy and I'll just go. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, the one thing was, what kind of Dave was, was saying there was the fact that there, there are people that we kind of know. Obviously, we get to hang out when we're over in the States. You've been over here. We've hung out in the in the UK as well. But although we're mates, we, we and we said this a few times, we kind of know you, but we don't really know you. And we had a bit of a chat when we were all out at Adobe Max recently in LA. We're all in that that place you kind of introduced me to, which I thought was fantastic, that pizza place. <laughs> California Pizza Kitchen. Brilliant. I love that place. <laughs> that was good. It really, really good. And I kind of, you started to talk a little bit about who, you know, what made you who you are. Do you know what I mean? You kind of like your life and stuff. So how, how much are you happy to tell us about where you kind of came from to get you to this particular point? Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll I guess I'll start in the beginning. I was born in uh, Mexicali, Baja California, Mexico, which is in the border with California. Um, I moved to the U.S. when I was nine years old to the beautiful city of Alameda, California, which is where I live now. It's like my home. I love it here. And the the interesting thing about all that is that um, it's actually where my dad's from. I uh, although I was uh, I was born in Mexico and grew up there until uh, I was nine, my dad didn't actually move to Mexico until he was in his, I believe, early 20s. Mm-hmm. And then when I was about 10 years old, he decided to come back to his hometown. Um, so my dad and I actually went to the same high school, which is oh, kind of wow. weird okay. because, you know, I consider myself an immigrant. Um, English is not my first language, as some of you could probably tell. And <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, so I have this really interesting perspective when it comes to America, immigration, and like, you know, also at the same time from my dad's side of the family, being a quote unquote American for multiple generations because his side of the family um, has been in, in this area of the world in California and Arizona since it used to be Mexico. So I have like this really interesting perspective about all these different views of, of you know, how how this, this, this whole thing is. Mm-hmm. Also, um, yeah. go, going back to me personally, um, we... I grew up, although Alameda is a very affluent area, I we didn't have a lot of money growing up. So in, in some ways, for me, that was a huge advantage because I um, usually if you're a poor Latino kid in this area, you live in, in areas that are not very nice. I was fortunate enough that even though we didn't have a lot of money, I, I did grow up in an affluent area where I got to go to a good school and, and, and took benefit of, of you know my environment, which I think helped me a lot 
growing up just because it it allowed me to see successful people and i always say this success leaves clues right so i always like looking at people who are more successful than me or who who are in a position where i like to be and i i look at what they've done and then try to mimic some of those things to to try to achieve that same success so i do think that me growing up in the area that i grew up in helped me to see a different world and then try to get to it as, as, okay so this might there might not be an answer to this that i kind of know the name but as you're grown up and you're saying that there that you're you kind of you you look at people who are successful what have they done to get there and you're fascinated by it was there anybody at, when you were at school that you can say they they they're somebody that i looked at that we would maybe know i don't know no not not nobody famous really or, or anybody that that you would know it's mostly um now see now i'm gonna have to get deep <laughs> um <laughs> I, I, a lot of people in my family had the mentality of like, this is life. This is it. You know, we don't have a lot of money. We, you know, this is not like, I remember telling my dad actually, um, when I was in high school that, um, I wanted a computer because I used to, um, the reason I got into Photoshop is because I used to draw a lot. I used to draw comic books and one of my, um, best friend's dad was a graphic designer. So he actually had Photoshop installed in his computer at home. So I, I thought it was super cool. So I, I asked my dad for, for a computer, and my dad literally said to me, no, computers are for rich people. We're not rich. So um, when I say that I looked up at other people and their success, I'm not talking about a celebrity. I'm talking about, like, my friend's dad who was a graphic designer or, you know, like, people like that. Like, it, that's what I mean. My environment that I grew up in helped me um, see a different world, which... Um, shape my mentality and, and that's why I consider myself privileged to have lived in an affluent area when I myself was an affluent. How, how old are you at that particular stage Jesus that you recall um, that? Yeah so this this uh, story I was probably a sophomore in high school so maybe 14-15 years old. Right okay. Oh wow. Yeah so so so, so like. So that like 19, 1975? Yeah yeah so about 1962. <laughs> <laughs> That it was a nineteen ninety six ish. Wow, I'm not even going to bother doing the math because it'll depress me. <laughs> oh dear me! All right, so obviously you you kind of you've gone through school. Am I right in saying that in in America that the schools Photoshop is pretty much part of the curriculum? Is that right, or have I got that wrong? Well, not when I was a kid. Um, right. So when I was a kid, I mean, I still, I mean, I, I may sound young, but. I, I still use typewriters in high school, so it's not like I'm that young. <laughs> um, so I, I did say I did have a typing class in high school where we used typewriters, and I also had a computer class. Um, but at least in my high school, we didn't have any graphic design or Photoshop or any of that. We did have traditional art, of course, but not you know not what you would consider Photoshop or, or digital graphics. Excuse me. Okay, so 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 you're going through school. Um, uh, what? What did you do after school? What what age were you when you left school? Because I'm kind of trying to figure out. Because obviously now, we, you know, Dave and me and many other people know you as as the guy that Dave said that runs the Photoshop training channel, and you do a lot of uh, content providing and, and stuff for, for Adobe. You do presentations. You're at huge events in the world. What did you do after school that kind of then made the transition to doing what you do now? Then it actually took a while. Um, I. I was really into football, as Dave knows. Dave and I have talked a lot about football. Actually, one of my highlights in my England trip was to play football with Dave and his buddies, <laughs> which I still talk about it to this day. I loved it. 
and it was scored my two goals and very I good they were too <laughs> yeah um we'll talk about that later but um that was a really fun yeah, yeah. experience um but i don't want to uh digress too much but anyway um so i graduated high school when i was 17 and at that time i was really into playing soccer and that's all i wanted to do so i was lucky enough that i got to um that that i here in america we have like a uh, we, I don't know if you guys know what a community college is, and then we have universities. So it's kind of right. like okay. the people that can't afford or don't have the grades to go to a university usually yeah, end yeah, up we going to a, yeah, to a junior college. So that's what I did. So I played soccer there for two years, and then I was able to attend the university. And I, I also was lucky enough to um, make the soccer team, football team. So that, that's really what I was focusing on. But at, at the same time, on my free time, I was, again, really into drawing and, and comic books and that sort of stuff, which I guess is why I mentioned that line from Avengers when the <laughs> podcast started. But um, I just um, started um, really getting into... Um, computers at that time i was probably 17 no, uh, 18 19 at that time and I, I finally got a computer um on my 18th birthday so that was the first time i actually had a computer and then at some point i started just playing with photoshop and a big shout out to deke mckellen because i actually um got his i think it was like a total training that, thing that we he was spoke doing. about this didn't we because yeah total training the one with the the blue kind of yes, software boxes yes, i got yes, all of deke's stuff yes that. it's fantastic and I, yeah and he had like i don't know 28 30 hours worth of content and i watched everything three times and i i would watch it just you know just put play and watch it and then i would watch it again and try it and then I would try it on my own, and then I, I would watch it a third time to make sure that I got it. And I did that with every single video or clip in that set. And actually, I got to—I told them that um, uh, the first time I spoke at Creative Pro in Minneapolis, he was also a speaker, and he was sitting next to me, and I was freaking out because I had Deke McKellen <laughs> on one side and I had Bert on the other, and I'm sitting in between both. Oh man! And I'm like, oh my god! Like I was like, that was the first time I've been like seriously nervous because we yeah. were on stage. They put all the speakers up on stage, so that was the um, the um, one of the few times that I was nervous um, being on stage. And also yeah. that that same conference, uh, Bert Monroy was sitting in the front row and he was looking at me, and I was like, oh god, there's Bert. <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah, those are the two times that I've been nervous on stage when when Bert and Deke were watching me. But yeah, but anyway, yeah, that's much later. So yeah, so I just started um with drawing comic books and scanning them and, and doing things in Photoshop and and that's basically how I got into Photoshop. Fun fact, when I was in college in a university, I got a C in my Photoshop class. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, I think I was screwed over, but you know, that's just my opinion. <laughs> so you you I mean, what what you do now? You do the Photoshop training channel. This is what you do, right? This is what you do. You're a content provider. Yeah, starting in 2017 is when I went full-time with the Photoshop training channel. Before that, I worked for a marketing company for about seven years, um, and I was in charge of their web development and graphics. So so I actually did have a lot of experience with uh, coding and developing websites and all that sort of stuff. My first job out of college was um, at Motorola, so I did uh, development and design for them. And then um, I had a, uh, I guess horrible, but it was actually a good thing. I had a a bad experience with some friends starting up a company and yeah. <laughs> that that went terrible but it taught me a lot of good lessons so you know looking back at it i don't i don't regret doing it but that's why i left my job at motorola then i was unemployed for some time and then i i got a job for this small marketing company which to me um 
it's the reason that led me to start the Photoshop training channel. It's a very small, it, it's still there. Um, it's a very small company. It's five full-time employees. I was one of the full, five full-time employees. And the, the person who owns the company is like this self-made, you know, smart business entrepreneur type of guy. And I remember my first week on the job, he gave me two books to read. And he said, here, read this. And I said, okay. <laughs> and it was um, Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Gary. And, yeah, and- Gary, Gary V. Yeah, he's he's a little loud, and some people are put off by by his. I see Glenn nodding, <laughs> by how 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 strong he comes out. But um, it, his book, his first book in particular, I haven't read the others. Um, talk about um, you know just building communities and talk about just just putting your word out there. And even though I wasn't thinking about the Photoshop training channel then, um, something he said in that book I still do to this day, which is he um, tries to reply to every comment that people leave on his yeah. YouTube channel. And it becomes really difficult, like, especially now with the size my YouTube channel is, like, I really cannot, it's impossible for me to reply every comment. But, like, we're, you know, I travel a lot. So if I'm on the plane and I have Wi-Fi, I'm replying comments. I, I try to reply every comment mm-hmm. um, that I can. Um, yeah. so, so I got that from that book, but, but the point is, is that that was one of the books that I got. And I also got the four hour work week by, uh, Tim Ferriss. So heard yeah. Of that one. Yeah. Not that yeah. One. Yeah. So those two books, um, sort of started changing my mindset. Um, just because, I mean, I remember thinking like, I never want to be a self-employed person. I never, you know, I just want to work for somebody, you know, like I had that mentality and working through this guy, I, I, with this guy. Um, he sort of helped me change my mindset to a more entrepreneurial mindset and what it takes to build businesses, communities and things like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful to him. And I just had um, lunch with him just a couple of weeks ago. And, and even to this day, he's still like teaching me things like he was asking me about my business. He was giving me business advice. So I'm, that's cool. I consider him a, not only a friend, but a mentor as well. So. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Like, and just again, another person that is at a much higher level than I, than I am, and I look up to him, and I see what he's done to get to where he is, and I try to apply the things that I can to to what I do, and, and hopefully I can move up as well. It's great when you can kind of find those people that are gen- doing what they do for the right reasons, and they're willing to kind of share that knowledge without any kind of ulterior motive, other than wanting to see you do well. That's- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the thing, like, I even told him, like, I was like, man, like, because I, I used to work for him. And mm. when I quit, he, like, tried to, like, offer me, a lot, you know, he, like, essentially doubled my salary. And I was like, no, man, like, I, you know, like, I really want to do this now, the Photoshop training channel. So, like, you know, even though it was a really good offer, like, I had to decline it because this is what mm. I wanted to do now. And, but I told him, like, this is your fault. Like, you gave me all these books, like, you, like, and, you know, like, after those two uh, initial books, like, you know, he recommended a whole bunch of other things or, or, like, videos. He, like, would pay for me to go to, like, marketing conferences. So, like, you know, like, I'm like, this is your fault. <laughs> you know, like, you got all these ideas in my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, as you said, he wasn't, he, you know, he was doing it to help me. Not, you know, like, sure, at the end of the day, he cared about it, his business, but, you know, he was willing to 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 help me out because I'm, I'm assuming he saw something in me. I don't know. So when going back to when he started, then uh, obviously the Photoshop training channel was that a deliberate plan of action to go? I'm going to build my own website and put my own content on there, or was kind of YouTube in the back of your mind? But obviously, it wasn't. Uh, I mean, YouTube's still relatively young, which a lot of people don't realise. It's still it's still an infant. Um, but was the plan to drive traffic to the website and it's 
it, it's kind of evolved into the YouTube because you still run it, but I pretty much would only go to YouTube for your content now. So how did like, like day one and then day 365, how different was that from when you started to a year after you began it? Yeah, so when I started, I it was mainly for fun because at the time I was working at this marketing company and I was sort of, I like coding. Um, I actually do enjoy it, but it's not as fun as creating graphics. So I, I kind of felt like I needed to start using Photoshop again because I wasn't using it that often. And I, 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 I also, you know, with all this, all these things I had been reading and all these things that I had been doing, I'm like, well, if I'm going to do like a creative outlet, I'll just start um you know like teaching the stuff that i know how to do and and you know like it might be fun i don't know and uh, to be quite frank with you um i remember the first time that i thought about doing a uh at the time it wasn't a youtube channel it was just a website that taught photoshop was um because i was a big fan still am of um i don't know if you guys know andrew kramer from videocopilot.net he does um after effects tutorials fantastic and and he's really good he I think he's also done the title sequences for, I believe, Star Trek. Uh, anyway, he, he also works with um, with so, movies. And, what was his and name? Andrew Kramer? Andrew Kramer, videocopilot.net. I'm going to have a look and, at that. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. And he's got, nowadays, he's got these great plugins for After Effects. He's, he's amazing. And But at the time, he just had a, a, a website with like 10 tutorials. And I was really big into into After Effects in those days. And I, re- I, I just thought it was great. And I, I thought, well, I'm, a, you know, at I was already pretty good at Photoshop in those days, so I thought maybe I could, you know, teach the stuff that I know how to do and put up a website, but I never did it. Um, so then, like, 10 years later, I I, I still kind of had that idea in the back of my head. So I kind of, in, in a lot of ways, thought, oh, maybe I could do something like what Andrew Kramer did, and, you know, that's how he puts out, you know, that's one of his creative outlets, and th- that's what I'll do because I'm also working full-time. So I just thought it would be, like, a good idea. And also, uh, back to Dave's question... I, I I did have an intent of, you know, sort of like, because, you know, again, I'm working for a marketing company, so we're doing all these different things, right? Email newsletters and, and all these things. So, like, I sort of did that instinctively. So, I was like, well, if I'm going to have a website, I might as well get a, you know, email newsletter. You know, MailChimp is free up until you get 2,000, I think, uh, emails. Now I'm at 40,000, so I definitely <laughs> pay for it now. Um, but the point is, is that I I, I Yes, I I sort of had in mind all these different things, but I didn't really do them because that's that, you know, like it was like a business thing. I just did it because that's sort of what I was doing at the time, you know, collecting emails, building a community. And and, and in reality, it was just to get um, more views because I thought, oh, well, if I put out a new video and I can send out this email, more people will watch it. You know, like so it was, it was sort of like that when I when I first started. So at what point did you go? Because obviously in the beginning where we all start, we think, okay, I'm not an expert. I'm not a professional. uh, So I need to put out free content to prove I am who I am. And I'm good at what Mm -hmm. I do. You've continued that where a lot of people have got to a point where they've gone, including Glyn, I can charge for this as well. So what's stopped you from going into that paid kind of world, um, like the paid wall of content? Well, Two things. I do have paid content on on the Photoshop training channel. It's not a lot, but there's uh, three or four courses on there, so it's it's not completely yeah. free, but the majority is free. Also, I've been very fortunate that other companies have hired me to do courses for them. Uh, plur- I'm a Pluralsight yeah. author, um, 
And also, I've been very fortunate that companies like Adobe and Microsoft have hired me to do、um, content for them as well. So that also, you know, helps pay the bills. Yeah. So, so, so yeah,、cool、as well. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Super. Yeah. I mean, two of my biggest goals, like I've already actually I've achieved a lot of my goals, but that the, the, I had a really big one, which was I wanted my name inside of Photoshop, and it's there now. If you press Command N to open up a new、uh, window,、um, in one of the tabs, there's a photo tab for templates. One of the templates is mine. So my name is, my name is in Photoshop. So that、Excellent. goal is, is already <laughs> achieved. It, take it, run with yeah, it. Yeah, I'll take so So once I take that template out, I'll have to figure something else out. But for now, it's there. <laughs> And then the other one was to have、um, video tutorials on Adobe's website, which I just. Finally, did、um, like a month ago, and I'm currently working on the second set for those. Unfortunately, it's not for Photoshop. I'm doing Lightroom CC videos, but hey, still on the Adobe website. Well, D- Dave kind of mentioned about my、um, Dave mentioned about my YouTube how I've changed because, as you know, we've been kind of speaking for quite a while. We've shared ideas and techniques and stuff like that. But you know that I've now made a transition with my YouTube channel. I've made this kind of conscious decision to stop doing. No, I say stop. I'm not doing necessarily Photoshop tutorials on a weekly basis, and I've got my own reasons for that. And part of it is that I started to feel that I was becoming a bit of a slave to YouTube. It felt like I had to do it, and the more free content I was providing on YouTube, the more I was being asked to provide on YouTube, and it was distracting me from the other work that I do. You're doing. Regular、uh, YouTube channel videos, you do them, you know, very regular, and your production value. I, I, we've both me and Dave have talked about this. Your production value has really changed now. Not only are you showing the screen and you kind of zoom in, but there's like transitions, there's arrows that come in pointing to buttons, so everything's nice and clear and made as as understandable for the viewer as possible. Which I know looks like paid content. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So that's a lot of effort that goes into that. I mean, what is your ultimate goal for for YouTube? Because you've now surpassed the half a million subscribers. What what is the, what is your? I want to get into your head. What's the what's your purpose <laughs> of you doing YouTube now? Um, I guess the best way I can answer it is for now. Since this is what I'm doing right now, it's it it feeds into my competitive nature. We talked about me playing football in the past, and that's what I was competitive about. And now I'm competitive about this. So if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right. And I feel that if I didn't have those arrows and have those keyboard, you know, shortcuts, if I didn't spend the time that I spend making sure that what I say is as accurate as it can be, then why am I doing it, right? Like, then I shouldn't be doing this. So, so right now, this is what I'm doing. So I'm going to put all that effort into it. This, the your question was like, what's the ultimate goal? For now, it's. I mean, I don't know if I talked to you about it when we were at Max, but I did talk about it with a group of people while we were at Max. I feel that I'm in in a in a crossroad where I gotta decide if I want to keep pushing the YouTube channel as far as I can, or maybe because I'm also doing again work with、um, Adobe and other、uh, other companies, and you know doing some freelance work as well, not as much anymore. So like, where do I want to take this? So I think that that's I, I don't have an answer for you because I really don't know. Besides following the path that I'm on now, which is growing the YouTube channel, but but there must be that one million thing that's I've got to get that. You, it, you know what? Being, it, compared, yeah, for sure,、uh, for sure. I, I I would I would lie if I said that that wasn't a goal. But at the same time, it's gonna happen. Like、mm-hmm. it's gonna happen probably within a year. You know, so maybe two at most, but it's gonna happen. So so the so if anything, I might you know. Put, step on the gas and just get there a little bit faster, but,、um, but yeah. So, so 
I, I just, I don't know, man. I just, I just, I like doing it. You know, it feels yeah. nice to get the nice comments. And when you go to conferences, it feels nice when people totally, tell you yeah. that they've, I mean, this, I've seen it happen to you guys, you know? So, I mean, you know how it feels that people say, oh, you know, at work, I used to do this, but then you show that on your YouTube video. And now I save an hour a day or whatever, you know, like I'm kind of it's kind of caught between a rock and a hard place, really, because I do enjoy doing the content. But I know that I've also got other things which I need to service and work on. And my email group is something that I really do. Mm-hmm. Put, you know, put, one, put a lot of effort in. So I'm kind of making the decision that I am going to still be doing YouTube videos, but I'm going to be doing more behind-the-scenes stuff. And then more, I, I, I will be doing Photoshop stuff or um, editing stuff, but it will be won't be as routine as once every week, something right. like that. Um, so I take my hat off you because the amount of content that you produce and the quality of it, because these aren't short videos that you do sometimes. Your videos can go 10, 15, sometimes 20 minutes. Yeah. So the time and effort that you're putting into it, I, I completely applaud you for it because yeah, that is ultimately is helping, is helping other people because you're not asking for anything back. I suppose in a, in, a, in a roundabout kind of way we are when we're doing free content because we're kind of giving it as a stepping stone for people to discover more of what we do, right? Right. But, you know, um, you're 100% right on that. But the way that I see it is, I'm, I'm sure you guys have done this, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe you watch something on YouTube or you go to somebody's website and they solve a problem for you. Yes. Then you're like, oh, this yeah. person is good at X, whatever it is, you know, like, and then you subscribe to them and then you're like, oh, you know what? I'm more interested in this product or, or whatever. So the free content is there. I mean, you don't have to do anything. You can just use their content and, and, and let it go. But if the person keeps providing value for you and then they can solve another issue for you, then of course the opportunity is there to, to, um, to provide. But the free, the free content is there. So I, I don't think there's, you know, I, I think it's, it's good that people do things like this. What what's your thoughts? Because I know that I've had this question, you know, many times when I've been doing the videos, is that you might you might post out a a particular technique showing how to do a particular thing, and then you'll get a comment. You get loads of great comments, which is always nice. But then you always get that one comment amongst many that kind of sticks in your head. You think, oh man, why did you have to post that? And it could be something as simple as, yeah, I've seen this te- technique before a couple of years ago. Yeah. So, so I mean, I know how I answer that in a, in a professional way, of course. <laughs> but when because YouTube's massive and there's so many people putting tutorials out there, what's your opinion on something? Let's say you go to you go and record a tutorial tomorrow and you post it out on the following day, but there's already a technique out there showing that. What's your yeah. thoughts on that? What would you want to say to people to justify that? It, I mean, it's like anything else, right? Like. You know, we, we could go watch a superhero movie, but why are we watching the superhero movie if there's already superhero movies out there, right? Like this, just a new take, a new spin on it. Also, um, for example, you're I, I'm not a photographer, right? So you might show a technique that is the same as the technique that I show, but in your mind, you have photographers in mind, and I necessarily don't. So then maybe your approach might fit a better a person better than mine, just because they're in the same mindset you are. Also, personality. You know, some some people might like your personality better than mine. That's exactly the point I was hoping you you were going to say, mate. Yeah. So, you know, it it really, it it depends, you know, like, just people like different things, right? Like... Well, we got you know you teach at events, Dave and myself. We teach at events, and there are so many different instructors there, all teaching certain things. But 
why do people go to a particular instructor? It's as simple as that, isn't it? They like the way that they present. They like the way that they kind of, they can relate to them better. Yeah. So, yeah, there are plenty of people on YouTube that are doing lots of content. But, you know, the reason you've got, I don't know, you're well over the half a million and I haven't, is because more people probably relate to you. I don't know. <laughs> but you know and what I mean? The other, just... the other thing as well that Jesus does that, that I don't know whether many people realise is because of the quality of, and quantity of your content, something that I noticed, I've noticed more, maybe you've done it for longer than I realise, is what's really good is you'll say, today I'm going to show you a technique how to do this. Um now, in, within this technique, we're going to be talking about this, and I've got a video that covers that here. Right. So it's like it's not just a one run and done. You actually do well in threading them together. So that's why people stick with you, I think, because they know that if you refer to another a technique within a technique, they know that you've got that content there. They know they can find it, and and that you're going to deliver it in a in a style that is easy to follow because. I've been watching your yeah. stuff like that that um the um blend if stuff you've been doing. Yeah, yeah. So 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 that that you mentioned there, I did it for a couple of reasons. Number one is a lot of times I don't necessarily know because I you wouldn't believe how much time I spend thinking about how I'm gonna teach something, and then when I do, how much I I edit it because some, sometimes I'll edit out like ten minutes of something because I'm just in my head I'm like this is taking way too long or I'm being repetitive. And then at one point I realized, why do I need to talk about, you know, select and mask again for the fifth time in a row? Why don't, why don't I just say, hey, if you don't know how to use this tool, here's a video. So, it, you know, it solves an editing problem. It solves um, an issue for people who may not be familiar with it, who want a more in-depth look. Because if I just go in and say, oh, go into select and mask and click on this, click on that and done. If you're if you're not familiar with it, then you're probably going to get confused. So it's better to give somebody that option that they could go and watch video just on that so so it it, i've been doing what you just mentioned for i don't know a year maybe and it it was because of that because i was i was um i noticed that i was getting a little too repetitive on on some things and i was getting the same questions asked on the in comments so that was a way of, of solving those issues with the with the youtube thing then obviously it forms a huge part of what you do um because obviously that's why you put so much effort into it as well what what are your thoughts on YouTube being a business? Because you know there are clearly there are people out there. The first name that comes to mind, Casey Neistat, who is making an absolute fortune from providing content. But the content he's providing, because he's a he's a filmmaker, it's just absolutely it's just completely and utterly entertaining. So it's a different form of video. He's just surpassed his 10 million uh, subscribers, so on, so on, so on. But for someone like yourself, where where does YouTube fit in your business from a... And obviously, I do not want you to go into specifics on this because that would be unfair. But where does it fit in a revenue side of what you do? Well, it depends on how you ask the question, right? If the ultimate question is... How much, how many dollars are you directly getting from YouTube in your videos? Then the number is not very much. Okay. Um, but if you then say, what is the actual value of the YouTube channel in the business that it generates el- elsewhere? Then it's really high. 
Yes. Um, because if I if I didn't have my YouTube channel, I wouldn't be doing the work with Adobe. I would have you know like not traveled the world to you know to speak at conferences in Asia and you know Mexico and all over the U.S. So like you went to Australia, didn't you? So, and to Australia, yeah, I forgot. I can't believe I forgot about that one. That one's a really fun one with Mark Heap. So you guys interviewed uh, and Teresa Jackson, who is, is a friend of all of us. Um, we were all down there a year ago in Sydney uh, doing uh, Adobe Make It, which is sort of like their version of Max, a smaller uh, version of Max out in, in, in was Australia. Was that a year ago? Yeah, it was uh, summer summer 2017. Yeah. Jeez, man. Yeah. Scary. Time goes by quick. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, so 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 that's that's what it is, man. Like it's it's I guess it's some um, it's like a really fancy business card, you know, like yeah, like a shop window that makes you a little bit of money. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, so it, it, it's just marketing, I think, at the end of the day. Um, going back to one thing that you were saying, though, about YouTube as a business, I'll tell you something that, that bothers me with YouTube. Um, and I understand why they do it, but it still bothers me because I understand the business side, which is, um, and, and I think you and I have talked about this, Glenn, with the YouTube algorithm. It, yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, I'm not going to go and I could talk about this for an hour, but uh, basically one of the, the ways that they determine how people are promoted within their platform is by something they call watch time. So basically, the longer somebody watches their video, then the the, the the more they'll promote it. The problem is that a lot of people might put out videos every day or every other day. So then they're in the algorithm's good graces. So then the algorithm promotes them. Then somebody comes along and puts out one, let's say you, Glenn, you put out a, a video on unmasking, but this is like your first video in two months, right? And it might be the best masking video in the entire world, but it's not going to get the reach that somebody who's posting crappy videos every day. So that's um, that's something that I I don't necessarily like about YouTube. Uh, um, but I'll, I'll I understand why they do it. It's it, at the end of the day, YouTube is a business, and the more that eyeballs that they get on YouTube, the, the content's irrelevant. They just want eyeballs. Okay, so here's a question then. Before we jump into a little segment, what you mentioned there about the the algorithm, the watch time, is that worked out? And I kind of I kind of know the answer, but I want other people who don't know it to know it. Is it worked out on percentage of time, or do they say if you watch all of this video, then? you will get promoted more because obviously people can do videos like I've said you're doing at the minute that can go up to 20 minutes some of them videos because there's a lot of content you've, you're thrown in there or compare that to a video that's say one minute long does does one have an advantage over the other it, the the longer videos tend to have a, an advantage for sure um because I, I i don't think it's a percentage thing i mean i mean to be honest i don't know the answer is my assumption but i assume that the it's it's minutes watch not percentage watch although the percentage does because i mean again i don't want to get too technical and this and bore people but if you go into the youtube analytics the, the main metric that they give you on the top left when you go into your analytics is total watch time so that's my assumption that um that's what they're most most interested in and they bury the percentage like way way down okay well let's let's dive more into this kind of stuff because i'm we're, we're getting a lot of meat on the bones here but let's have a bit of a break Let's dive into this little segment, which I think you may know about, <laughs> called Getting to Know You. All right. Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. All right, so Jesus, just in case you're not aware of it, the format here is Dave and me have got 10 things that we're going to say to you. These can be single words. They could even be a statement. And all we want you to or do... Or a question. Or a question. 
Uh, all we want you to do is just say the first thing that comes into your head. And we're going to do this with a timer. So I'm going to start the timer now. All right. Dave, so... get ready to bleep me. <laughs> yeah, yep. keep it clean. So Dave, do you want to kick off? Yep, go on then. Number one, education. Important. Can, can I say something about that? you got to yeah. get it quick. Yeah, I'm just going to say really quick. I think um, education is important. You don't have to be formally educated, but you do have to be educated. That's all cool. Moving on. San Francisco. Oh, man. The best place of one word. Amazing. <laughs> so the next one is the big hand is on the six and the little hand is on the three. What time is it? Half past three (laughs) (laughs) or half three half three yeah yeah (laughs) we'll explain after the game right the next one football qpr that one's for dave (laughs) man next one adobe amazing it's the second time i say amazing mexico love he butchered that, didn't you? I did. I <laughs> no, know. He, no, no, you said it perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take yeah. that one, Clayton. Yeah. <laughs> Dave's like, uh, we got to redo that one, Glenn. I was like, no, that was actually a perfect accent. No, we're doing that. <laughs> no, no, keep it in. Let, next one. I hope, I, I hope I pronounce this one right. YouTube. <laughs> Life-changing. Quantity or quality? Both. Uh, no, but I'll go. If I have to pick one, then I'll go with quality. Okay. How do you order coffee in Starbucks? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Now you're gonna embarrass me in front of everybody. Um, yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> so I I order a grande in a venti cup coffee because I like a lot of milk in my coffee so mark keeps actually i think is the one who says that i like a little bit of coffee in my milk (laughs) (laughs) okay and the last one this was dave's suggestion here chuff to bits or sound as a pound pass (laughs) (laughs) we'll explain later all right okay let's stop the timer right there okay so uh chuff to bits sound of a pound obviously because you're always trying to do that cockney london accent and the the chuff to bits is if you really like oh i'm chuffed to bits that's really good or sound as a pound same kind of thing Uh, i don't and there's a standing joke with jesus that he never understands when we tell the time because we say (laughs) court past court two half three half four twenty to five and it completely confuses him. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if that's just a... That's not... I don't think that's just Jesus. That is just generally something that we in the UK say. Like, if it was... If it was the... If the little hand was on the three and the big hand was on the six, we would probably say, oh, yeah, it's half three. But you might yeah. think that was 2.30, half yes. before three, right? <laughs> <laughs> or am I confusing things now? Right. All, 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 all I'm saying is uh, I'll say things like 2.30, 2.45, and you guys say things like half past two. and Quarter past, all these, yeah. Oh, yeah, quarter court past, yeah. That oh. was my British accent, by the way. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Three ounces past a furlong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, so that's like, what, 9.15? Yeah. All right, yeah. so getting back then, because I've, I've, I'm really intrigued about the YouTube thing, because obviously we've got that kind of connection there, having both me doing some and you doing lots. With the YouTube, just we, one thing we have talked about on this channel is sometimes the kind of funny comments that people get, and I say funny in inverted commas, some of the comments that you get. 
is there anything if I said to you, oh, can you think of something that was once said to you on YouTube, a comment that really got to you? Uh, what's the first thing you kind of think of? Is there is there one that really comes to mind? Yes. Uh- <laughs> can you talk about <laughs> and it? And I'm I'm sorry <laughs> I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was a, a user named Dave Clayton. No, um, <laughs> I, I guess the best way I can say this is is um, it, it hasn't been in English. <laughs> and um, um, I started a Spanish YouTube channel um, about a year ago, which I haven't kept up. And, and I'll be completely honest and here in the podcast with you guys. One of the reasons is that it has about 10,000 subscribers and it has roughly I don't know 50,000 to 100 views which is you know in the grand scheme of things not that many however in in that channel I have gotten more negative comments more hate (laughs) than you know all my you know 25 plus millions of views in in my you know original channel so one of the things that people um, comment that really annoys me, and, and it wasn't just one particular comment, it's a lot of comments, is for me, I don't know Photoshop in Spanish, right? So, like, I don't know how to say things in Spanish, and a lot of, and I use this English version as well. So, I'll speak in Spanish, and then I'll say things like Adobe, or, you know, I'll say something in English referring to either the tool, the program, or, or, or whatever. And there's so many negative comments about me, quote-unquote, mispronouncing the tool or application and then people get really personal and say really mean things and I'm like screw it I'm just not going to do it anymore <laughs> but I, I, that's not to say that I'm not going to ever do it it just means that right now that I'm because uh, since Adobe Max I've been extremely busy I'm working on projects with Adobe and, and other people that for me to spend those extra three four hours after reading those comments doesn't necessarily make me want to do it but but uh, it's not that I'm going to stop it it's just it's just that I'm not going to give it as much priority just because, you know, like, I mean, I think I've heard you say this in the podcast, like, you may have a thousand good comments, but then one good one really annoys you for the rest of the day. Now imagine getting like five or six in a row, you know, like on the same, and it's not that I made a mistake in the video. It's not that I, that I told somebody to press the wrong key or, you know, messed up their file or anything. It's just like, oh, you didn't, mis- you mispronounced 3D in Spanish. We don't say 3D, we say that. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I know, like, Relax, but you, you know? but you knew what I meant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah and, yeah, and the funny thing is, is um, the last one, the one that I had in mind when you asked the question, was one that I just got about a week ago, which was the guy wrote about uh, at least a, a, um, a sentence, maybe two, saying how much they enjoy the video and how much it helped them, and then they went on to write three paragraphs on everything I mispronounced and how I should be pronouncing it correctly. One of those things was Adobe. They were like, you don't say Adobe, you say it Adobe. And I'm like, dude, like, relax. And, you know, I keep getting those kinds of comments. And then some of those turn into, like, personal attacks or, like, you know, saying, oh, you know, you're just like, you're not really Mexican and all these, all these things. So, I'm like, mm. why, why am I even bothering, you know? Hey, Zeus, on, on that particular note, do you remember when, when you came over to the UK and it's the, it's the time when you played you know at the soccer match football match with dave and then yes. me and you met up in windsor and yes. we went to went to have a bite to eat and a drink when that person had that vape cigarette thing it was all over us uh, but one of the things you kind of talked about was saying how in fact it was advice you gave me you said you should do what i do you said you should have a folder in your email for yes. keeping the thank you letters yes or the thank you and i've done that ever since you said to do it, i thought yeah that's a really good idea because i think at the time we were talking about some negativity that i'd had and 
kind of got me a little bit, got me, got me annoyed. And you said, well, why don't you just keep this thank yous? Because every now and again, if you do get one of these bad comments, just dive into that folder mm-hmm. and randomly look at something where somebody's literally just being, thank you so much for doing what you do. I'm asking for nothing in return. I just want to say I really appreciate you putting the time and effort into helping us. And you're right, and it really, really does help. So that's one thing I've done. But talking of that, the negative comments... As somebody like yourself who does post a lot out, sorry, on YouTube, and YouTube does seem to be, it does seem to be the number one place for getting comments as opposed to places like Facebook and Twitter. YouTube seems to attract it. How do you deal with that negativity? Fortunately, it doesn't happen too often. Um, When it does, um, (laughs) I I have gone into negative comments and, and arguing back and forth when I first started. It's been many years since I haven't. And one of the reasons that I, I decided not to is uh, two reasons, really. You never know who's reading those comments, so I don't want to offend other people or, or make myself look bad for attacking a troll, a person. I mean, I, I've heard you say on the podcast, and I think we've talked about it in person, that you were once arguing with like a 10-year-old or something, right? They weren't so even like, 10, mate. They were eight. Well, there you go. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my, you know, like, you never really know, right? And And also, like... At the end of the day, like what what do I have to win, right? Like what what can I possibly win? There's nothing I can win. I'm not going to change their mind. Uh, you know, if anything, I'm going to get more upset. So what I'll do now is I'll just just literally just delete the comment. Like just just delete it. Don't even don't even uh, pay attention to it. And you know, I'll, I'll I would be lying to you if I said that I wouldn't think about it. Maybe for like the next 20, 30 minutes or something. Like yeah, saying, yeah, man, yeah, I yeah. wish I would have said this. <laughs> you know, but yeah. <laughs> um, Dave, um, did, I, did I ever mention, Dave, about that comment? I, I can't try and think now because obviously our, our episode numbers are really kind of going on here. Have I ever mentioned yeah. about the fact that changing comments on blog posts? Have I ever mentioned that? Yeah, we, yeah, you, so yeah, we, oh, right, we did. Okay. We talked about it because we actually got some feedback on it and we kind of we talked about it tongue in cheek and uh, a couple of people listened to it and actually thought we were being deadly serious and posted some stuff on social media and and it was like oh you know how disgraceful that they do that and you know can't handle criticism and what we were saying was yeah. like i killed the i my my the, my method of stuff like that. and and luckily like I say, I'm I'm one of the three people here that doesn't actually create content like that. I don't create YouTube content. Um, it's not something I've ever felt the need to. Actually, Dave, I, I recently had a comment, and this isn't to do with YouTube. This is to do with Instagram. So it's social media, all right? I don't think I even told you this, mate. But I had, right, I posted something the other day, and uh, I, I misspelled a word, all right? So instead of saying soul s-o-u-l the the typo thing the spell correct had changed it to soil all right so then this person i'm not i'm not going to name their names i'm not in the habit of doing that but then i've noticed a comment somebody's then corrected me in the comments basically highlighting the fact that I'd, i'd made this spelling mistake so they said oh how do you get a soil mate as opposed to a soul mate so I've seen that, and what I've done is I've gone, oh, right, so I've gone into my original post and edited it on Instagram, and I've changed the spell check thing from soil to soul, thought nothing more of it. And then I noticed more comments come through, and this one comment was put back in there, and it was from the person who'd originally highlighted my spelling mistake. And I'm I'm kind of, I'm surmising what they basically said, but it was in the form of, oh, great, yeah, make me look a prat, why don't you? By changing the spelling and not and uh, leaving my comment makes me look a right idiot. 
And that's all it was. There was no kind of like LOL or ha-ha or smiley face or anything like that. So I'm like, whoa. So because because I'm thinking, do you know what? I, I don't, no other reason than I want social media to be a happy place. I can't be bothered with all this kind of stuff. So rather than retaliating, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to block it. I'm going to delete the comment and block it. Because if that's the kind of comments I'm going to get, I'm just, I can't be bothered with it. And then I get an email off the person. And they've gone into one massively saying you uh, basically you're, you're a diva, you're full of yourself, you're not who you think you are. You should be more like I'm gonna, you should speak to your mate Dave Clayton. He seems like he's got his feet firmly on the ground. Really going into it, really. And then he says, "Yeah, <laughs> you need to re-listen to that episode where you had a go at that eight-year-old kid." I'm like, "Oh man!" Oh, so we had a God. few emails going backwards and forwards, and that. But I was kind of like, "Listen." I made the mistake. It wasn't the fact that you said, you know, what you said. I mistakenly didn't tell you I'd changed the spelling mistake. That's, I'm the one that was wrong. I'm so sorry. But they're going, right, don't bother unsubscribing me from your newsletter. I've done it anyway. Wow. Like, tell yeah, me afterwards can- who that was. <laughs> yeah, I will do. You won't know them. You won't know them. And I won't, and I won't oh, publicize yeah. their name. Yeah. Yet. I, I think it was Dave with a fake profile is my guess. It was. Uh, I've got. Yeah. Who would have a fake profile? Come on, that's ridiculous. <laughs> hey, anyway, just, moving on. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this back round to YouTube just quickly because there is one thing I want to kind of ask you about YouTube. In the time that you've been doing it, you've you've changed your editing process. You've gone much more kind of um, uh, high tech's the wrong word, but much more production value. Okay. Is there anything that, while you've been doing your YouTube, that you would say to somebody that was going to look at starting their own YouTube channel, right, one of the things I've really learned is this, so don't do X. Is there something that you would think, whoa, man, if you're going to set up a YouTube channel, don't make this mistake that I did? I I, I think I'm still doing it, and I'm trying to get better at it. I think I overthink things too much. I, I start... Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's good to prepare. It's good to make sure that all your ducks are in a row. I mean, it's, it's good to be a prepared person when you're recording and doing all of that. I just think that I'm, I over-prepare, you know? So I would tell people to just be a little more loose. And actually, this is one of the conversations um, I had with Mark Heaps, who you've, you guys know and interviewed. Yeah, yeah. And um, one of the things that I changed um, this year, early 2018, uh, I think it was late 2017, but the point is that at max... Um, two years ago, which was Max, I think, yeah, 2016. It, it was about two years ago. I think it was Max. But the point is, is that Mark and I talk a lot about, um, you know, just what we're doing. And he gives me his opinion on some things. And I, you know, might give my opinion on, on something that he may have. And he told me in those days, um, and it kind of goes back to something that we were talking about, that he thought that I should show my face on the YouTube videos. Um, and, and, you know, it took me like two years to like finally say, yeah, I'll do it. So mm-hmm. the, the funny thing is that, um, after I did it and I'm, I'm not saying that this is why it happened, but after I, I did it, like the second or third video, after I did that, um, I published what is still my most popular tutorial. It's almost 2 million views and it's been like, you know, wow. six six to seven months now i'm not saying that it's because you know my face is wonderful and people are, are you know are loving it <laughs> no but it I, is mate it is oh okay no, yeah never yeah. mind oh, absolutely. no but, but but it kind of goes back to you what you were saying you know personality and connecting with people so so if i hadn't just you know been in my head so much or saying like no people don't want to see me people just want to you know just look at the screen and you know follow along and they don't they don't want me entertaining them which is i don't think is what i'm doing but i do think now that there is a 
a, a point there to be made that the more you connect with people, the, the more that they even learn from you. And if you go back to my first, I think, 10 videos, I don't even say my name. You know, like I, I just wanted to like let the work speak for itself and not necessarily make a big deal out of me. But then slowly but surely, I realized that, you know, the personality is a big part of it. So I'm, I'm still learning with, the, uh, you know, trying to develop it more. But, you know, it was a long way of answering your question of, of something that, that a new person should do, which is just just do things and don't overthink them. Because I, I clearly I'm overthinking this right now as I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so it's just one thing. Just just do it. Like, like um, don't. Because uh, another another thing with me is I get obsessive with things. So uh, um, when I first started my YouTube channel, I like research everything I could about YouTube. Like ev- like because if I again if I want to do it, I'm gonna do it right. So then I just spend a lot of time researching before I even started. So sometimes it's just best to just do it and learn from your mistakes and to try to be perfect from the beginning. And the other thing I've spoken to many people about because it's my background because I I do love marketing. I love the admin side of it is there's obviously a big part of what you do with the planning and the YouTube content and your website and your email newsletter. It isn't just about making a video and putting it up online. It's you have to understand the the kind of content, the kind of subject line, the time of day, the the time of even like, you know, having tutorials out when a program has just been updated or released. Then knowing like Glyn does with his email newsletter, picking the right time to tell people about a product i think a lot of people overlook it and they just think if i just make something and put it there i'll instantly be successful but it's back to the old um i, ne- I can never get it right but it's the 80 20 thing is the big the big part that actually makes it work is the marketing is the planning is the production is the maintenance of it and and the, the creation part is only a small part it's the 20 percent. it's the content but if you don't do the other stuff you won't you won't get you'll be sitting there going why am i not doing it why am i not getting it but they fail to realize that that there is you are running a business it's not a hobby and people kind of get i think they probably get into a bit of a gray area they don't really understand that it is more i mean i was watching a casey neistat video today with with my mind was more not that he was entertaining me with his content i was sitting trying to think wow he went down that road in 30 seconds and he got about six different camera shots of him going down the road so he had to go down the road come back get his camera move on set the camera up come back go forward go back and get the camera so there's all this stuff we kind of see and just accept it and don't actually appreciate the value the amount that, of that, that's that testament it. that's testament to his his production value though isn't it that's kind of like you watch it and you don't even give it a thought when you start watching these videos and get really into them that he has had to go back and forth back and forth putting cameras back you just kind of accept it and that's like the kind of the production value that Jesus you're putting into it now you just watch it and accept it but then you go and watch another video where that's not done and then you can see the value of the extra effort that you're putting into it how do you feel about? Um, sorry, this is just me and Glyn talking now. But there was one <laughs> thing I want I wanted to ask about um, because obviously YouTube is competitive. There are a lot of people out there, like Colin, as you know, also does content like yourself. Who you get to that? No, I'm just yeah, like, Col- Colin. <laughs> yeah, that Colin or, Smith bloke, Cl- Cliff Cliff Smith. Um, yeah. <laughs> is I always find it interesting when I watch a video of someone showing a technique and they make a big mistake 
or during the technique they obviously have got something wrong now I wouldn't put that content out I would think ah yeah I've done that wrong I'm going to start again because I what I want to do is show the person how to get the job done I don't want to distract them by making them wait for a minute while I correct myself so how do you feel about like I'm only human leave the mistakes in or edit it down to the point where you look like a consummate pro all the time because you know we've all seen them where someone's like and then you do this and you do oh hang on oh why is that doing that um I've done that wrong hold on I just need to go see that to me is like you've you've taken my attention away now right I I mean I guess the short answer is I I personally would edit it out I I mean I I edit out all my silly mistakes but if there is a mistake that I think that a, a a person watching is likely to make I may decide to leave it in because it's um I and I have one in mind so um, when you create a curves uh, a curves adjustment layer, the focus, that little white outline goes immediately to the layer mask. So if you're trying to, for example, um, use the auto color correction options and then change the colors within them, if you change the colors within them, you're changing the, the luminance values of the layer mask and not the actual layer. So like if I make that mistake when I'm when I'm recording the video, I may actually say, oh, by the way, I for you know, like this may happen to you because you have to like make sure that this little highlight is on this side, not this side. And um i'll leave it if it's if it's worth it yeah so moving away from that okay because this is something i, I can't remember who i asked the other day when Good you segue, spend all the, yeah where well it's still to do with it's still to do with teaching i like watching the tutorial to find the thing how to do what i want to do to make something so if you spend every day under the bonnet of the car surely there's got to be a point where you just want to drive it and and what makes me ask that is you did that incredible adobe stock masterpiece thing which was very burt monroy like you know it was very layered it was very complex it was very creative do you miss just creating yeah and and that's one of the things that um i think glenn you and i talked about when we were hanging out at the hotel at adobe max and you're the one that's planted the seed in my head to work on on personal projects, which is something that you talk a lot about. Um, for two reasons, yes, Dave, I do miss doing that kind of stuff. Um, it's really fun for me, but also I I don't want to be just a trainer. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of great people who who are only trainers and who I look up to. So there's certainly nothing wrong with that. But I feel that for me, at the very least, it'll help me. Uh, first of all, have a lot of fun, but also learn new skills. Like there's been a couple tutorials that have been very popular in my YouTube channel that I made because I either learned something uh, by working on a project or, you know, like I was just doing something that wasn't, you know, just a tutorial. You know what I mean? I wasn't just educating. I was doing a project of, you know, for a client, for my personal project, whatever it was. And I learned something and I'm like, oh, okay, this this is actually, a, this might make a good video. Then I made a video on it and it became successful. So um, I, I think that there's a value for me to keep sharpening my skills with real projects as opposed to just always teach. Um, for example, there with that, that project that you're talking about, Dave, like I had never um, worked on a project, on a, on a Photoshop file that big. So, um, and for those of you that don't know what you're, uh, Dave is referring to, I was one of five, five artists who were hired by Adobe to recreate a painting that has been lost to history or 
uh, to damage or theft or something. And we recreated those paintings for a marketing campaign for Adobe Stock. So we used Photoshop and Adobe Stock to recreate those images and I think uh, those paintings. And I think my particular PSD was about 12 or 1400 layers. It was about five gigabytes. And it, I mean, it was crazy. And I had never worked on a project of that scale. And I only had three weeks to do it, <laughs> which was crazy because I, I was I was working. I mean, not only was I doing my, uh, I was um, still working my my full time job at that time, um, and then I was also doing the YouTube channel, and then I was doing this project. So it was really really tough. Um, I, I worked like I probably only slept like three hours actually. Uh, fun fact: that year I missed my flight to Adobe Max because I worked on that project to the last possible minute, and I just passed out and, and fell asleep. And I didn't wake <laughs> up until my flight had landed in San Diego. So when I woke up, you can imagine, I, I was freaking. Yeah, because we had lunch, right? You and Alan yeah. Hess and I had lunch that day. Yeah. So I was I was freaking out because I'm like, oh, my God, this is the first time I get invited to Adobe Max, and I'm going to present this project, and I fell asleep. So, you know, <laughs> luckily for me, I was able to get a, another flight, and I was only there, like, maybe three, four hours late. So it wasn't a big deal, but you could imagine how freaked out I was. But, but uh, yeah, so I just I just like working on those sort of things to, to learn new skills, and, and, you know, like, I just, I just don't want to... You know, like, I think there's this, I don't know if this is saying this is the way I, that I think about it, but I don't want to get weak in times of peace. <laughs> you know, I need to, you know, be at war to, you know, to get stronger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was uh, I was chatting last night to um, a, a mutual friend, Corey Barker, whose episode yeah. will have been out last week. Yeah. Um, and I was talking to him about how uh, he does personal projects and how I, my photography is my content and my personal projects and how I also produce techniques and tutorials from having worked on my own pictures that's how i learn by kind of doing and pushing myself and constantly looking out to do more pictures how how do you learn what what's your process because we I spoke about it with corey what do you do yeah so um i mean it, there's there's two types of learning that i think i consciously do there's technical learning like you know like the tools in photoshop and how they work and these days um, I mean, to be frank with you, if I watch a YouTube video, you know, 99.9% .9 of the time, I'm not going to learn anything. So what I what I usually do these days is I read um, Adobe HelpX a lot, which is basically um, photo, Adobe's manuals on all their apps. So a lot of people complain that there is Adobe that comes with no manual. Well, there's actually a huge website, a huge website that has every piece of information that you could possibly want on any given tool. And so I read that a lot. Um, so that's that's the technical aspect of it. What I do watch on YouTube and or books or uh, websites is more about the way that artwork is created. I'm a, I'm a big proponent on learning traditional art to create, uh, you know, composites or anything in, in Photoshop, really, because at the end of the day, it's all the same thing, right? Com you know, how you compos uh, composite a photo and, and not necessarily put in, you know, different images together, but like the objects that are in the scene and the color schemes and, and you know, how to tell a story with an image, like that sort of stuff. I still read books about and, and watch YouTube channels and, um, you know, just, just anything that, that seems inter interesting, I'll give it a try and see if I learn something. Yeah, yeah. Here's one thing I want to ask you because I'm conscious of time, but I want to ask you this for, we kind of look at wrapping this up. Because uh, I want to, we want to keep stuff back for next time you're on. But one, right. thing, I, one thing I want to ask you is right because I mentioned this to, in fact, Dave. It was when we were talking to Dave Cross, 
Yeah. And I'm going to ask you the question now for something I know I've done. Have you ever, when you've been traveling around and you've been doing these big events like Adobe Max and, and even to Australia and all these other places that you get to go to, before you do your presentation, have you ever <laughs> have you ever had to watch one of your own videos to remind yourself of the technique? No contest. No. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Phew. I, I'm not the only I, one. Oh God! It's happened. It it's happened. You're right. At presentations, one time I did it um, on not not. I wasn't presenting yet, but I was already on stage, and I thought oh man, how do I do this? And like, I just, I just blanked and I didn't, I didn't remember. So like, like people were not looking at my screen yet. The conference had started. I, I was just, um, you know, the people were walking in and I'm in my YouTube channel and I bring the volume <laughs> down and then I'm kind of scrolling to the part and I'm like, oh yeah, that's how I did it. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I do that all the time. And then the thing is, is a lot of people assume that everything that you show on your YouTube channel is just like ingrained in your head forever. Yeah, and it's just, yeah, yeah. it's just not, you know, it's kind of like the way I think about it, it's kind of like a, like an author who writes a book. They're not going to remember every single line they put in the book, you know? So a lot of times people will ask me, Oh, there was this video like you did five years ago and you said this about minute five. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. You know? it's, it's typical. It's like with everything, isn't it? If you don't use it, you lose it. Right. And there'll be techniques that you've kind of shown that you might not use on a picture or some kind of graphics for, you know, for weeks, if not months. And you will forget that. It's just that's only really natural, isn't it? I was going to say, I'm, I'm just sitting right in this InDesign book at the moment. And I'm like, oh, oh, how do I do that again? Because the last 18 <laughs> months, I've barely... I've, I've barely used it. I used to, it used to be my daily job. I was forever creating stuff in InDesign. And now I'm writing the book. I'm actually, I'm actually teaching myself InDesign again by learning all the techniques again. Because there's, because there are those little shortcuts and, and tips that you have. That, like you say, if you don't use it, you lose it. And then now I'm kind of, I'm sitting out during the day and all of a sudden a, a, an InDesign thing will come into my head and I have to write it down to remind me to go and flesh it out a bit. But if you don't if you don't use it like you say if you if you're not using those techniques um like for you you are very technical you uh, i watched one the other day and i just thought to myself he has absolutely stripped that tool down to the bare bones to work out every single thing it can do oh you're talking about the selected mask probably <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. And even the shift key, even the shift key stuff, you know, the the some of the oh, new don't, features. Don't, don't, don't go on the no, shift no. key again, Dave. <laughs> shift key. But do you know what I mean? It's you you really you should as as an instructor, I guess you do have to kind of take the thing apart and look and see how it really works. Yeah, and that's why, like I said, that's why I went to HelpX because all the information is there and a lot of times it's is very technical. So if if you're a beginner um, some things may be too difficult to understand, but I, I, was, I would still people still recommend people to read it because it, I mean all the information is there, and sometimes it takes someone like you know like one of us to take that information and make maybe making it more approachable. But at the end of the day, you know like I don't you know like I'm not inventing anything. I'm not you know like I'm just you know taking information and hopefully making it relatable to somebody else. You know, although having said that, I do have one technique that i did think i invented <laughs> i uh i posted a video on um how to place anything in perspective non-destructively and i haven't seen anyone else do it um so i think that one might be mine but i don't know right so with all that in mind we've been talking about what you do so 
where do you want people to go to find you? Where's the best place for people to camp and sit and, and get their fix of uh, of Freddy or Chewy or Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can't, yeah, I, I, I can't pronounce that that name, so I'm just gonna let you guys say it. Um, uh, I guess the best place to go is PhotoshopTrainingChannel.com. It links to the YouTube channel, the social media accounts, the newsletter if you're interested. So yeah, PhotoshopTrainingChannel.com. And if that's way too long to type, I um, have a short URL, which is ptcvidsvids.com. And I had to get that URL because I, the first time I, I presented at a, I presented at a, at a art school and I had to write it <laughs> with a marker and I realized how long Photoshop training channel is. And I felt like I was there for five minutes writing it and I had to like triple check and make sure I spelled it correctly. And I was like, all right, that's it. I'm getting a short URL. So, <laughs> and what about social media? Um, at JR from PTC on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and those are my main ones. Uh, I guess I, I use Facebook too. So um, you can follow me on Facebook and just type in Photoshop training channel on the search bar and I come out. And obviously YouTube. And obviously YouTube. Yeah, but they all link there. So yeah, YouTube, Photoshop yeah. training channel on YouTube. He's everywhere. He is everywhere. everywhere. He's omnipresent. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well I, I guess we're, I'm aware that you're on holiday tomorrow. You go off for a bit of a bit of time out, which, by the sounds of it, is quite a rarity for you. Uh, <laughs> so we're gonna, we're going to leave you to get packing. Yeah, I haven't started uh, packing. Yeah, but listen, mate. Again, thanks again for your time. I know you're a busy guy. We're all busy, but it's great that you can actually give us this time to have a bit of a chat, especially before you're getting ready to go on holiday. Um, it was superb hanging out again at max thank you for introducing us to that pizza place very very nice all right but listen from me mate uh thanks thanks again and uh if i don't see you this side of new year hopefully it won't be too much longer until we get to hang out again yeah 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 hopefully thanks soon. Jesus. yeah all right thanks dave see you glenn and uh, up, i'll see you guys in cabo tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> see, you, see you later bruv <laughs> yeah <laughs> cheers geezer <laughs>